Welcome to another episode of Prolific Mind Podcast. I am your host, Anquanette Irvin, and thank you for tuning in into another week. If you're new here, this podcast is geared towards promoting mental wellness, professional, and personal development. My goal is to plant seeds that will help you shift your perspective. And today, I have a special guest. Welcome, Coach Shaquan. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. So, Coach Shaquan, can you give the audience about your experience with Life Coach? Tell us, you know, more background of what it is you do. Yes, absolutely. So, before I I get there, I like to share how I got here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I worked corporate America for thirteen years for a very well known IT firm uh, here in St. Louis, where um, where I live. And um, right at that 13th year, it started to be, uh, it was tough. I was, at the time I was married, well, I'm married now, but I was, I was married. Uh, we were on kid number two. Uh, there was a strong uh, desire to do something different. Uh, and I wasn't sure what that was. I wasn't sure of, of anything, really. I felt very lost in myself. I felt disconnected in my marriage. I really honestly did not like motherhood. They were two young, needy kids that after working all day, it just, it just wore me down. And so I got tired of like putting up this perception that I was happy and everything was good and that the marriage was great and motherhood was just so wonderful. And yeah, I just broke down one day and I looked in the mirror and I said, well, how did I get here? Like, how did I get to be his wife, their mom, working for this company that I don't feel like values me? Uh, I'm not making enough money. Like, it felt like for real paycheck to paycheck. Like, it just wasn't what I wanted to do. And one of the things that they used to tell us at at the job was be passionate about what you do or do something else. And so I began to really pray and ask God, like, if you please tell me what I'm supposed to be doing, what, like, life has got to be better than this. (laughs) And so uh, it was kind of dropped in my spirit. I was like, oh, I like relationships. I'm gonna go be a counselor. Well, um, I did that extra year in college, and I was like, okay, so no, um, school is not like, I I just wasn't a great student. And so, um, and I didn't want to take out a student loan. <laughs> so, because for real, I remember I got this whole husband in this house and these kids and all this and the paycheck. So I was like, nope, can't take out a student loan. And so I sat on the idea of what I wanted to do next and came across ca- uh, coaching. And I'm like, hmm. So I did the research, found a program, and it was going to be about really about $10,000 when I did everything in terms of the travel and enrolling in the program and all of that. And I was like, Mm-mm, nope, can't do that. So I suffered and I struggled and I, I just, I, I, I settled for another year until I had a friend that said, uh, so what, you know, you close who got to, I don't think she's just laying around and so she was like well if you don't invest in yourself who else will and that really was like that turning point that was that 
thing that really kicked it for me that was like, okay, if I don't invest in myself. And so I went back to that coaching program and I, I went for it. I said, I, I made the investment. I talked to my husband. We agreed. I ended up still having to take out a student loan. And I said, I want to be, I want to be a life coach. I want to be uh, more specifically a relationship coach. And so uh, just the way that things worked out, uh, this was January of 2013. I enrolled in the coaching program. And in March of 2013, uh, pretty much my job came to me and was like, uh, this isn't working out. Like your performance has dropped. Your numbers aren't good. Like I had just really checked out of the job. And two weeks after that, uh, they, we, yeah, I just was done with the job. They offered me a uh, severance package and it was either that or I was going to get fired. And so I took the package and then started like, okay, well, I guess I'm a life coach and I guess I'm going to start a business. And so that's what, what really kicked it off. Okay. And then it's like, sometimes everything happened for a reason. And maybe if that didn't happen, you probably would have still been at that job. How did it affect you if it did in any way? Did you feel discouraged? Did you get like de depressed? with the transitioning from being fired to start doing life coaching? Oh, no. Let me tell you something. When I stopped working, I was like, okay, this is what the real housewives do. I was <laughs> elated. I was like, okay. All the things that I had been praying for, like not having to report to the people, not having to be put up, you know, put up with the manager, not having to be uh, the one and only or one of a handful of women of color or people of color in the room, like the whole corporate piece just really tore me down. So there wasn't any discouragement or, or uh, anything like that in the beginning. I think it wasn't until, because I, I, in the beginning I came out, I was like, okay, I'm a life coach. Who wants to coach? You want to coach? I can coach you. You want to coach? I'll coach you too. It was the excitement of it, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it wasn't until year number three that I realized, okay, wait, so I'm a life coach. That's cool. Really, I'm an entrepreneur. I have a business. That's when I began to become really discouraged because it was no longer about what I was good at doing and the fact that I was good at being a coach and I was able to get clients. It was how am I going to transition this from um, a hobby into a, a, a real career, like really that transition. And so there were a lot of disappointments in myself, a lot of beating myself up, a lot of resentment, like I should have done this, I should have done that, uh, discouraged in a lot of areas, like I don't know how to run a business. Um, so yeah, it was tough. But again, my transition into that space, that headspace didn't happen until probably three years after I started my business. Okay. So how did you get your clientele? Did you have fear? Like, how am I going to get clientele? Do I have to market myself? How did you get your clientele? So I was, oh, that's a great question. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's just always interesting, again, just how, how God really designs it and, and puts you in position. So I have always been really good at making connections. So I, I describe myself as an extreme extrovert. I can turn an introvert out and I can make you a friend or make you someone that, that feels comfortable 
having conversation or trusting in me. And so because of those relationships that I had built along the way, um, people referred people to me. So the majority of my business, even now, is off of referrals. So I have not had to do a lot of marketing. Um, when you think of like social media and, 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 um, and, and paid ads and things of that sort, I have not had to do that because word of mouth referrals and just my reputation for being good at what I do has, uh, has helped me get clients. Yeah, and very good because I read this book called Contagious and it said that most people think that to have a successful business, you need marketing, which it does play a role, but they said the number one thing for clientele is word of mouth. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. People do business with who they know, like, and trust. And so if I, if, if, if you and I are friends and I know that you're having um an issue or a problem or something that I'm going to say, oh, yeah, you need to call such and such. And you're going to trust me, right? And so that's really how it, it has worked out. Now, I will say this, in terms of having a consistent flow of clients, there has been worry like, oh, my God, is this really going to work out? Should I be doing this? Do I need to, you know, do I need to go back and get it? And I'm air quoting a real job. Um, something that has a uh, a steady income where I know I'm getting a check, you know, every first and fifteenth, fifteenth and thirtieth, every two weeks, or however the pay scale does. So, uh, in no way do I want to give anyone the impression that I'm just, you know, unicorns and, and butterflies and rainbows. Like, oh no, it was not fair. Oh, there were fears. Uh, it it really, again, it it was more so the blessing of having people. Uh, referred to me that that worked out and has worked out for my business. Okay, good. And today's topic I didn't mention it earlier is unhealthy relationships. That's the topic that me and Coach Shaquan is going to go over. So based on like your experience and clientele, what is one of the number one reasons relationships are unhealthy? Mm. Ooh. So ooh, can I say it's a number one reason? Hmm. So let me say this. Relationships are defined by how you communicate, connect, and behave, and or show up, okay? And what's most important, and I think where the disconnect comes and people find themselves in unhealthy relationships is that they do not have a healthy relationship with themselves. Mm -hmm. Everything starts with self. And even in, in marriage, when I'm working with wives or if I'm working with a married couple, um, I have to let them know that this process of coaching or my style of coaching isn't about us sitting in the room and he said this, she said this, well, I did this, I did that, because that's two people becoming the victim and wanting to be the, the, the bigger victim. Like, I want you to see that I'm suffering more than you are. And so, no, we don't do that. My clients, when we come together, we discuss what the goals are going to be. Most people don't have goals in relationships. And so the unhealthy piece of it is, I don't know what I want. I don't know who I am. I don't know really how or what I want because a lot of times we request of our partners that we don't require of ourselves. And so the unhealthy piece is, is truly about not knowing who you are. And that is so true. Yeah, yeah. And that's why sometimes it's good to do the introspection, the um, inner work, and come in with knowing what you want and who you are as a person. Because what I see sometimes, many people lose themselves in a relationship. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, lose themselves and get is also value and understanding that there's a difference between who you were, who you are, and who you desire to be. And so even when you get in a relationship and you know who you are, that's going to change, right? There's just things about you that will change just as time goes on, as life experiences kick in. And so we have an unrealistic expectation that I know who I am, this is what I'm looking for, and when I get in a relationship, you, you take it or leave it. That's just not how it works. So what set your, what makes your coaching style unique or apart from others? What, what do you bring to your clients? I'm loving these questions. Now, let me tell you, I love a good question now. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing that makes me unique is I have created a, well, let me say this. The thing I think that makes me truly unique is that I have such a, a, um, a, a real relatable style of coaching, right? Uh, people trust me. And so having this, this energy, which when I'm teaching and I'm teaching uh, classes or I'm talking with clients, it's about creating the secret sauce. So I know the formula of my own secret sauce. And so it's what attracts and develops relationships with other people. So having that unique piece, then I created um, this concept or this process called check your BS. Mm -hmm. You can hear that I'm snapping because that's what I do. I snap when I say that, check the BS. Where BS stands for belief system or whatever has you stuck in a pattern of thinking or way of doing that doesn't allow you to, to have the life you want. And so through that process of checking your BS, people know me by that. So that's my style of coaching. It's really challenging people to, um, to challenge what you think and then really check what you believe because your belief systems really determine what you think. And then what you think determines what you do. And so pretty much being able to call somebody out on ABS and they'd be like, oh, coaching, you're talking about that BS too, but we're also talking about belief system. And so uh, having that type of relatable piece and being able to tell the truth about how I got here and the challenges that I have had, again, in my marriage, in, in the business piece, and just being a woman in general, that's what people find unique in me and find that attractive in how I'm able to sustain in my business. And see, and that's good because most people say, like, in not just even in therapy, just anything you do when you have clients or audience, people feel better when they feel like you're relatable and they also can trust you. And I like when you said the BS stand for belief systems because sometimes in relationships, right, it's not the person belief system. It's based on family, what they saw on TV, and, you know, they want to mimic that for their relationship. So I like that you make them challenge their belief system. Like, are these your belief systems? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's a whole formula that goes along with that, right? Really understanding what belief system means, where your belief system was created, how it then influences you in, in what you do, right? How you think about yourself, how you think about someone else. Again, we're talking about an intimate relationship. We're talking about um, in professional relationships. So my whole concept of, of checking your BS um, is truly, it's like from the bedroom to the boardroom and 
and you know, I'm from St. Louis, so we say from everything in between. <laughs> we roll those R's, right? So from everything in between, no, you really have to check your BS to, to, to really ensure that you are being who you say you are when you're approaching any type of relationship. And I like that because most people don't do that. And for me, I'm an avid, I journal a lot. And that's something that I want to do next in my um, journal routine is to challenge my belief system, how, what, what, it, what it is that I think about relationships. Because sometimes you know how they say your thoughts shape your reality and the reason you keep going through this same pattern because it may be your thoughts about relationship and this is why you keep attracting this type of thing or something in your relationship or pattern because again, it goes back to your belief system. Absolutely. And I love that. Journaling is, is, is so key because if you can take your thoughts and really put them into to something visual, like, and then go back and read that. Sometimes we just let the thoughts just circulate through our mind and not getting it down on paper. Sometimes you don't even realize what you're thinking, right? And then when you read it back to yourself or you can get those words out, definitely a way to check your belief system. You know, this, who, who even taught you about relationships? Like who taught you how to be in a relationship? How, you know, who taught you what it meant to have a healthy relationship? What experiences have you had with healthy relationships or an unhealthy relationship? Or what do you simply assume about relationships? All of those things are part of your belief system and they truly impact how you show up or let's go back to the definition of relationship. They truly impact how you communicate, how you connect and how you show up. Mm -hmm. So it's very, very important to mm -hmm, go, mm -hmm, check your BS. <laughs> I love how you broke that down, right? And I'm glad you explained that because when I was exploring on your page and all of that, I'm like, BS, I thought, I automatically thought BS means bullshit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's what they think, yeah. And that's what you think. And then when you get there, I like how you broke it down because, listen, if you want this coaching, it make me feel like you have to do the work. And sometimes most people don't want to do the work because they don't want to look at self. And I think the only way you'll grow if you look at self and, again, check your BS if you want to grow, you, you have to do the work. And going back to doing the work, do you give your clients assignments or homework or is it just talking how's your style of coaching or is it both yeah so uh, another great question so there's both you know when my clients hire me it's very important that I serve them in a way that's going to to work for for what they want and so there are parts of my clients or some parts of my coaching style, which says, hey, you can enroll in this program, and there are specific things I'm going to teach you, right? Specific things about uh, checking your BS that you'll learn. Uh, so that comes with worksheets, that comes with homework assignments. Uh, and then there's the, the, the coaches you need, right? Just, hey, some people sign up for, for coaching sessions as needed. And if that's the case, then you tell me what, what you want to discuss in this session. And then we go through that process of me asking you uh, some very thought-provoking questions, really challenging you to think uh, deeper, get off the surface, and let's go to the core. And that's, again, either, either way, I'm challenging you. I'm, I'm, I'm calling BS. Like my clients know, I'll tell them I, that I'm calling BS on that. So what we're not going to do is pretend as if that, you know, when you start hitting that, I don't know, you absolutely do know. And so 
if there's any value that I can give and say, hey, here is a, a worksheet. So if we're talking about communication, if we're talking about forgiveness, if we're talking about, uh, I'm trying to think of any of the other things, trust. If we're talking about, again, just the mindset, why I think the way that I think. Um, my client, anybody, I'll say this, anybody that I work with, with the, for the first time, they have to go through an assessment process. So the basis of what I teach on, that's really the, the foundation of what Check Your BS is, comes from understanding energy. So whenever we work together, I teach you about the two types of energy and how your thought action model looks. So you take an assessment, we go through that assessment and it's going to show you where your energy is. So on a day-to-day -day basis, this is how you show up in relationship with yourself and with others. And it's based off of these seven levels of energy. And when you're under stress, this is how you show up on these seven levels of energy. And so having that idea of, again, how you show up, you can begin to hold yourself accountable for, for the choices you want to make. Again, challenge what you think, check what you believe, and you get to choose the life that you want or choose the relationships that you want. And it's all based off of this assessment that really helps. So um, just making sure that I said that, that clear, two styles. Either you can enroll in a program and we go through and there's curriculum and worksheets or there is an as-needed uh, aspect of it. Still with the same impact, it just depends on uh how deep and why people want to go with the work okay so i know you provide individual or couple do you do like workshop or if an organization wants you to come out and speak with their clients do you provide any of those type of services yes i do so the uh the leadership pieces of of the check your bs right so we go into companies and organizations uh fortune 500 companies and teach on this concept of, of energy leadership, right? And helping people to understand how your leadership style truly uh, is determined by your thought action model, what you think about yourself, what you think about other people. And so again, helping leaders to check their BS, right? About who they are in the workplace and beyond. And so that's why the whole thing from the bedroom to the boardroom, like how are you transferring that type of energy? So we go in and do those workshops, which we workshop in, um, in, in train teams, um, working with uh, management teams, uh, working with CEOs. Uh, so that's on that leadership style. I also have a separate, um, so something I do on my own is with wives. And it's this concept of finding the woman inside the wife. And so I've done workshops in that space as well and teaching them some of these similar concepts, just making it more specific to marriage, but again, being more introspective of, of self. And then there are people who are not necessarily married. They're not necessarily looking for career. They're simply like, look, I'm stuck. I'm not getting what I want in life. It's not working out very well for me. And so I'll do group workshops in that aspect too. Some of it is about entrepreneurship. Are you more interested or invested in your business? Like, what are we doing here? All of it is still based off of the concept of energy and checking your BS. Okay. I like that. We provide all of those services. So you're a mom, a life coach, and a wife. What does your quan do for self-care to relax? Ooh, child. So I am big on uh, being still. Mm -hmm. And so one of my 
favorite, ultimate favorite things to do is to go floating. And so uh, I'm not, are you familiar with floating? No. No. Okay. So floating is where you, uh, let's see, how can I describe it? So it's literally, you go into a, a tank of water. Now it's usually, it's not higher than your ankle and it's filled with Epsom salt and you go into a complete, you go in there, you float. So you float on water. And so it's silent. It's dark. Like when you're in there and you're floating on your back, you cannot see your hands. You can't hear anything. So I love that. It's my ultimate self-care because it blocks me away from the world and from all distractions. And I can truly hear from, I'm a Christian. So I believe in God, the father and, and the Holy Spirit. So I, I, I love to go into that place and do that. Um, that would be my most ultimate type of self-care piece. Okay. And do you like read? Do you jog? What else you do besides floating? Like that's your okay. floating is your go-to, but what is something else? Your routine, like something you know that you have to do daily where some people like before I start my day, I have to pray or I have to go mm -hmm. for a walk or before I sleep, go to sleep. I pray. What is your go-to self-care routine? Like so my, I must do. Right, because I can't go to with my um with my float right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I meditate every morning. Right. I meditate every morning. I pray every night. I make sure that I drink water during the day. Uh I will not even pretend that I am good. At, at working out every single day, um, you know, so we're, we're, we're in the middle of, of this quarantine period now. And so when the gym was open, I would go to the gym probably three to four days a week. So if not, I do, uh, I do make myself uh, go out and walk. Um, I like to just get out in the morning and listen to the birds. So there's certain daily activities that I do in terms of self-care and it's simply to clear my mind it's holding myself accountable to re to step back from the voices and the chatter of the world or the voices that happen inside your head just to to take a moment to get clear okay that's important to get clear because we have so much going on is there mm -hmm. anything else you want to ask about unhealthy relationships uh yes. Yeah. So if any if anyone, any of the listeners uh find themselves in unhealthy relationships, uh the biggest question that I would say is to ask yourself is what about me attracts unhealthy relationships? Mm, that's a good one. And it's a tough question, right? Because it's that you know, if you you know, I can't figure out why you know, I get into these bad relationships. I can't find out, figure out why people use me. I can't figure out why I'm always the one giving to everybody and nobody's doing it to me. Ask, that's the simple, what about me? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, makes unhealthy relationships come to me. So that's the big picture question I would ask. There are also five things that you can do if you find yourself in an unhealthy relationship. The first one is simply remain a victim to it. And so when I say remain a victim, I'm talking about the word victim being at in, a, in an effect too. So in terms of mindset, 
I'm always the one that's getting beat, beat. When I say beat up, Lord knows I don't mean physically. In some cases, it does mean physical. Like I'm always the one that's getting beat up. I'm always the one that's never getting what I want. I'm always the one that's being looked up. Nobody ever cares about me. They don't really love me. That's being a victim to your own circumstance. Okay. So if you want to stay in an unhealthy, that's what you can do. You can continue to be a victim to it. The second thing is, is that you can change it. You know, uh, and, and change is one of those those words that people don't like because we've become so familiar with who we are in this moment. I've mastered being who I am in this moment, so I don't want to change. Well, uh, growth requires change, and if you don't grow, you die. And so your option, if you're in an unhealthy relationship, is to change it. And whatever that looks like for you, right? And that's part of the coaching and exploring what change looks like if you're in an unhealthy relationship. Um, the third thing you can do is to change your perspective of, perspective of it. Is it truly unhealthy? You know, is it something that I'm contributing to? What's in my BS that may be pouring into or contributing to the unhealthiness of this relationship? Right? Or what can I take away from this relationship? What lessons can I learn in this moment? Okay, so that's number three. Number four is, uh, is again, I can just accept it. It is what it is, right? Some of that is being a victim to it, but it is what it is. I'm in an unhealthy relationship. I don't want to change it. I don't want to change my perspective. I'm not going to be a victim. It just, it is what it is, right? So that's accepting it for what it is. And the last one, leave it. Like, leave the relationship. You always have a choice to stay, to go, to remain a victim, to be a victor. You have a choice. You can leave it. So those would be the five things that I would say if you find yourself in an unhealthy relationship, you have five good choices. <laughs> Which one will you choose? I love that. And that's a good one. And I love number three, change your perspective, kind of align with my um model of my podcast and again what i like about your five steps towards the unhealthy relationship it takes the blame off the other person and make you do introspection like looking at self i think if you always continue to oh he did this or she did that you're, you're not going to be able to grow and you're going to find yourself you know in the same pattern and recycling the same type of relationship because you're not looking at what it is again what you said about you that's attracting these type of relationships so we have to look at self and be willing absolutely. to accept the truth about self absolutely absolutely one of my favorite lines is it takes courage to be honest with yourself about yourself right let's check your bs all day long it truly takes courage to look in the mirror and tell yourself about yourself and sometimes we don't want to do that. We don't want to look in the mirror, right? Because of the judgment or the rejection and all of these other things. But until you do that, then the relationship that you desire, the career that you desire, the passion that you want to put into the world or whatever your passion is, like those things will be difficult to achieve simply because you refuse to confront, right? And to really face and go through. We can't get over. You have to go through the process. No one gets the path go. Like you have to go through the process. You don't get to go over it. You got to go through it. These were some good key points. I love this about unhealthy relationship that you brought up. 
Um, is anything else that you want to add before we close it off? Uh, I don't. Where can we find you? You can so find me in St. Louis. Let them know where they can find Coach Shaquan. And to the viewers, make sure you like, listen, and share this episode because I know so many people that's dealing with this unhealthy relationship. And even if you're not in a relationship, these are some things that you can do with yourself. Like check your BS. Everybody can check their belief system. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Coach Shaquan is giving. Yes. Thank you for that. So I am on social media everywhere. Don't let me lie. <laughs> I'm on social media. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and for, for business purposes on LinkedIn. Those are the spaces that I hang out most often. Uh, everything is at Coach Shaquan. And if you want to learn more about Check Your BS, you can visit checkyourbs.com. Thank you, Coach Shaquan. And thank you thank for coming you. on and being a guest. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, thanks.